0: Eternal Dirtles is a Hipsters of the Coast podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and Bearded Dragon Games. You can support us at patreon.com slash dirtles Hey everybody, Zach Clark here. I just want to do a quick disclaimer on this episode. Uh, the sound quality is not amazing. Um, however, I think that Tom offers a lot of really great advice about the deck and about how to play against the deck uh, that we're talking about this week. Uh, so I did just want to give everyone a heads up about uh a little bit of a issue with the sound quality however i did try my best to sort of uh fix that i know that's been an issue in the past um and that with that said uh thank you for listening and um we appreciate it now on to the cast here we go Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, Nathan Golia. Nate, how's it going?
1: Pretty good. How about yourself?
0: Uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm real excited this week, actually. We've got a, we've got a great guest on.
1: Yeah, we do, and uh, apologies if I sound a little weird today. I uh, have some kid issues, so I'm not able to be on my computer. Um, But we're going to have Tom Ellis talk a little bit about elves. Hello. Hello. How are you, man?
2: Doing good. How
0: are you guys? I'm doing well. Uh, I want to. A a, a small uh, interlude as to as to um, to, uh, why Tom's on today. Aside from being being an elves player, Tom is is uh, my on camera arch nemesis because he's the only uh, person I've ever played on camera, and he crushed me with elves.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're the elves guy from that from that bearded dragon tournament, then, right? Yes. Yes. Oh, well, there you go um we had a we had a request to have someone on talk about elves it's something i've been thinking about before uh, because it's a unique deck that sort of comes and goes um in legacy so we're glad to have tom on to chat a little bit about uh its placement now um obviously elves had a little bit of a reaction to the banning from losing a four of though not necessarily in the same way some other decks did um is there anything else we want to talk about before we hop on in
0: Well, actually, yeah, I think... uh, uh, Tom, tell us a little bit about yourself first.
2: Uh, Yeah, I've been playing Magic for a long time, since I was eight, and I'm about to be 30, so a little over 20 years, which uh, is kind of scary now that I say it out loud. (laughs) Right. Uh, But uh, I've been playing Elves for a few years in Legacy. Uh, It's been... A lot, a lot of fun to just like get to play around with the deck. There isn't a ton of people. There are there are a few people that you can look to for like content on it, like uh, Julian Nab. It's Julian is a good guy to look to, and Reed Duke puts out good Legacy Elf content. But like a lot of times, you're just kind of get having to figure it out for yourself. So it's uh, definitely definitely
1: uh, interesting. Yeah, I used uh, to uh, consider Elves my nemesis because I liked playing the kind of decks that Elves is really good against.
0: Okay. And
1: then um, once I was like, "Hey, I've got Magic Online now. I'm gonna just, elves is pretty cheap on Magic Online. I'm gonna build it and try and play it. And it's and it's really a, it's kind of one of those addictive decks because of the it's it's one of those decks like in fact we talked about where you just get such a rush from your crazy turns, you know.
2: Yeah, it's it's. I've definitely had to count my library to make sure I could do what I needed to do without decking myself
1: to Glimpse of Nature, so. I mean, I played it for maybe two months, three months fairly regularly, and I still think I have the most elf screenshots that I, like, screenshotted and sent people, like, look what I did on turn two. Like, he's at negative yeah. 96.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, the uh, last night, I was at a Legacy Weekly, uh, and... I got to uh, attack with a an animated Gaia's cradle and a cradle of behemoths for thirty damage on turn four. So Ooh,
0: that sounds Ooh. good.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's pretty nice. Yeah. yeah man. So it's funny. You're th- you said you're thirty been playing since you were eight. So I'm thirty-five. I've been playing since I was about twelve or thirteen. So. Yeah, okay. it scary to say it out loud.
0: Yeah. Zach, how old are you? I am 37 and I've been playing since I was thirteen.
1: <laughs> so
0: there so, you go. Yeah. <laughs> I've got twenty-four years in right now. <laughs> twenty-four years. Yeah.
1: Uh Tom, let's start with the I guess the big question is like when Death Rage Shaman got banned, I don't think a lot of people were thinking about elves as a deck that really hurt from it. What did you think? You know, I mean I had to you had to know it was coming and probably been thinking about it a little bit. Um was your idea what was your some of your ideas when the card finally did get the axe that I'm I need to replace the mana acceleration, I need to replace the grindy value? Like what were you sort of thinking about um when when the when the banning happened? Well so there's there's no singular card
2: that can really replace Death Shaman because it was like three cards in one. Yeah. Uh, but the The biggest thing that you you miss from death rate shaman is the grindy value that it gives you because you know you know if you fail to you know enact your combo you can't glimpse off you can count on death rate shaman plus like query and ranger to sort of machine gun your opponent down in the mid to late game um your chip damage became a lot more meaningful because you could use death rate shaman to get those final few points through uh so what you can replace, though, is the mana, so you mostly want to just shift to rather than being a deck that you're looking to potentially be in the mid-game, you just want to go fast game one.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I think uh, the cards that I replaced the Deathrite Shamans uh, with were the fourth Heritage Druid, a second Birch Lore, and two more, one mana mana Elves.
0: I appreciate that you've diversified your uh, your uh, manadorks here, in, in that uh, in the list that y- you've uh, you've shared with us has has Lanowar, Finehorn uh, elves, and Elvish Mystic.
2: Yeah, it's, there's really no reason to play uh, multiples of one. You just like can randomly get caught with silly things like uh, like Cabal Therapy flashbacks that sure. they see
1: uh, out of, of that elf. You could also sideboard into gifts. I'm given, so,
0: um, <laughs> yeah.
1: so, so yeah, it, yeah. Going faster seemed to be what you had to key on, and that really just comes down to replacing the mana value. I'm sort of surprised. I mean, I always felt like Heritage Druid was the best card in the deck. Um, it's the most broken card in the deck, maybe, just in terms of like it coming. It it, it doesn't have to untap for uh, for like, you know, essentially a lotus. <laughs> um, so, it, it
2: is the best card in, uh, in in the spots that it's you know where you're going off it is certainly the the number one card you uh, you want to have just to be able to keep generating mana to keep going but at the same time it's also a card you don't necessarily need to draw two of and because you have green sun zenith you're you're comfortable like on its own it's probably one of the weakest elves so being able to find it when you're going off with Greensun Zenith, or just you know draw one and not have to yeah. worry about drawing multiples. Yeah, I was fine playing three, but now you just kind of want to be trying to combo off as quickly as possible.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I guess uh, so. A, a, a really good thing to do uh, because we've never featured elves is actually talk about the deck as as though. I've never played it before because I've never played Elves before. I actually find that uh, I tend to have no idea how to play against the deck because I've never played the deck itself. So, uh, Tom, could you tell us, you know, uh, what, what are the important uh, touchstones of this deck? First, this message from Phil.
1: Let me tell you something, brother. If you're digging this podcast, you've got to go over to patreon.com slash eternal and become a patron right now. Oh, yeah.
2: Um, so one of your main, uh, things is, uh, Green Sun Zenith, uh, that's like a card that you can never cut, um, four of its mana accelerant and tutor toolbox all in one, um, casting Green Sun Zenith for a dried arbor in turn one is really like one of the best turn one plays you can make with the deck. Um... The Natural Orders uh, card that, like, that's the card that people are taught, like, oh, that's the one you need to be afraid of. Um, but it's only uh, only a three of, because a lot of times you can't necessarily get to give up that many resources.
0: Yeah, I guess you probably wouldn't want to ever cast a second one or have a second one in your hand with, with Natural Order, right? Yeah,
2: sometimes you want to draw the second one, but only, like, if the game goes on, so...
1: Um, um, I, what, once you realize you can green sun zenith for crater hoof behemoth on any on, on most combo <laughs> turns, like that's the that's the thing though. Like like natural order is like your short shortcuts to crater hoof. Excuse me, but yeah. um, but you know most of the times you get just zenith for it. <laughs> yeah, or or you yeah you
2: just hardcast it too. Um, or sometimes you know I've I've had turns where I'm just set up like to do both. Like I'll zenith for it, and if they counter it, I'll just. Natural order with the floating mana. Huh.
1: Yep, <laughs> makes a lot of mana. Um, the
2: the key uh, to your combo is mostly well, obviously glimpse of nature. That's the that's the engine. Whenever you cast a creature, you get to draw a card. Um, but in terms of generating mana, you have your nettle sentinels and your heritage druids. Um, it's very similar to you know the modern version of elves even though the two decks function very differently um one of your other engines is you have wirewood symbiote and elvish visionary uh this is like a big this is sort of your uh mid-game strategy you know they had the counter spell or the discard spell to take your your combo piece and now you've just got a sort of rebuild from there, but uh wirewood symbio plus visionary just keeps the cards flowing.
0: Yeah. Um it also creates a pretty uh pretty nice blocker situation too. You any any creature that does have trample, it pretty much just, just stonewalls.
2: Oh no no uh no one was happier than I was to see that people were playing Death Shadow decks in legacy with <laughs> it's uh yeah Elves I feel like is very good against what they're doing because even once they get their life total low, they've got, you know, one or two
1: big creatures and I can just swarm around them. So Yeah, I haven't played the matchup yet, but now that you mentioned it, it does seem pretty bad. <laughs> I mean you're putting a your life total so low they could just attack. Oh yeah. So that's why you <laughs> need <laughs> you're, that you're berserk, done. man. So you need the berserk, yeah. <laughs> um that's that's the Death Shadows version of uh of Natural Order. Um, what about some of the? What do you think are the key creatures? You mentioned Wirewood Symbio and Elvish Visionary, um, yeah. and I mentioned Heritage Druid a minute ago. And I sort of, I always thought of like if you're thought seizing an Elves player, I, that's, what's what's the descending order you should take the creatures? I always start with Wirewood, then go to Heritage. Um, you know, but I was is,
2: Wirewood is uh, generally a very good choice. Uh, just the it's basically, you know, a flag bearer. Uh, it, you can't really get rid of my other elves until you get rid of the wirewood. Um, Quirion Ranger is a, another big one. That one often gets, uh, I feel like, underestimated as to how much it can do. But uh, it definitely is a big one for like just generating extra mana, being able to Bounce a land, untap a mana elf, replay the land. Um, and then from there, yeah. See, that's the thing is, uh, it's all very based on you know what the current situation is. Um, Heritage Druid, I would probably say, is after that. Depends, yeah, I,
1: you know, I, can go I, back, I can go back and forth, but. I guess my, maybe a better way of putting it is just like I don't really – not to worry about your Llanowar, Finhorn, Elvish Mystic. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, it's – because you're going to get that down. You have so many so many duplicates of that effect with Green sun zenith for Arbor on top of it that, yeah. um, you know, you really need to concentrate on the things that really can just get away from you that are hard to control. I mean Wirewood mm. is the most dangerous creature just, you know, because of the bouncing of Elvish Missionary but also bouncing stuff in Glimpse Chains – is yeah, you know really good yeah, it's,
2: uh, it's definitely definitely a big part of like what can help keep you going uh you get that just that extra extra draw out of out of your glimpse and that can be the difference between being able to go off fully or, or fizzling for that turn and having to wait a turn to to finish um, i feel like most of the time, if you're casting a discard spell against elves, you're going to take one of their non-creature cards. Those are all really the most important cards in the deck, even though your deck is full of creatures. Um, yeah, green sun's Venus, natural order, glimpse of nature. That's that's actually a much harder question, I feel like, is uh, which do you take when I have both glimpse of nature and natural order? Mm-hmm. I guess that just depends on the makeup of, of your hand and what you're doing.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I, yeah, and I think there's... there's. Sorry, I can go ahead. No,
0: no, go on.
1: There are plenty of Elves' hands that don't have one of those non-creature spells in them, yep. you know? <laughs> um, And, you know, you might say, like, well, I have no way... I have a force of will, but I have no way to stop them from generating value off of a creature. So I might want yeah. to take a creature, you know? Natural order... You might almost want to bait them in the casting by strangling them on creatures, um, you know, because it's it's more impactful if they're down if they don't have as many creatures on the board. Um, yeah. But yeah, glimpse is public enemy number
0: one. Yeah, so uh, in, in you know, in terms of uh, uh, the the meta right now, uh, and I've I've got the I've got the meta up here in the screen I'm sharing with you guys. Um you know we've we've touched on death shadow and how how that's a pretty nice matchup for you because you can just infinitely block their their death shadow turn after turn. um but how does how does a deck like this match up to uh, like Grix's control or, or or death and taxes or, or other combo decks?
2: Uh, so death and taxes is by far one of your best matchups. The ways uh, they try to interact uh, with stuff does not uh, really. Line up with what you are doing, so so death and taxes is one of one of your best matchups. So that's actually something good that's come out of this is people are playing more death and taxes decks.
0: I guess that um, makes sense because you're you're basically a creature deck that that plays unfairly, and they have a lot of stuff that can stifle mana and whatnot. But you don't have problems with them stifling your mana. You have plenty of mana to deal with.
2: Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, I had to cast my glimpse of nature for two mana. It's mm-hmm. yeah. a shame.
1: <laughs> yeah. Whatever. <laughs>
2: but, yeah. Um, Grixis control. Grixis control is a bit tougher than, say, like the Grixis Delver decks. A lot of times, they have a bit more uh, board control that can target multiple creatures. Um, it's. You know, they they have uh, they have more sweepers, I would say, than the typical Grixis uh, Delver deck, for example. Um, I, I would say that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Overall, generally, I find that I can do pretty well against the just the like, the various Grixis decks. Um, you just have to, you know, play smart and not not throw things away.
0: What about a deck uh, like the, uh, Storm or, or Sneak and Show? How, how do you fare against those decks?
2: The Storm and Sneak and Show are two of the uh, worst matchups for the deck. Uh, you have a lot of things you can do post-war to try to attack them, but uh, game one, you're just trying to go, go faster, uh, or as fast as you possibly can and just win the game before they can go off, which against storm is very unlikely, little more likely against sneak and show at
1: least. Yeah. With storm, it's like, it's also, you, you'll put something like cabal therapy in your board, but there's always the question of like, am I, am I going to dilute my combo to play these? Or do I just want to like jam, you know, like and yeah. hope to get an awesome hand. It's, it's a tough, it's a tough situation.
2: Yeah. You just have to learn like what, the, what you're trying to do, you just have to have a clear strategy and you have to you know, make sure your sideboarding reflects that. Like against matchups like Storm or Sneak and Show where I have to board out a large number of cards, a lot of times some of those are going to be Glimpse of Nature because I am making them worse by boarding in all these discard
1: spells that and the sense. active... Yeah, definitely. Um, I just want to get back to Grixis for a second. I think the difference between the Grixis Control deck and the Grixis Delver deck would be that Grixis Delver is going to be playing four days, some amount of possibly spell piers, which are just not good cards against elves, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I just feel like Baleful Strix and, like, the the, the, com, the Converse and the Grixis Control deck will have, like, Baleful Strix or, um, you know... Some more dirtily cards, but like at least they still have access to that like you know bolt your thing him you snap bull yeah next spell you know and you're then you're drawing yeah. off the top and you and then you draw three guys cradles in a row that's how it always works but like <laughs> draw draw nine hundred dollars with a card and none of it matters <laughs> no. yeah. Um, but yeah I mean that's I think that would be the difference but I think that you know it, it's what really comes down to the elves play how the draws line up in those matchups because post board they're gonna have. Toxic Deluge and and all that stuff. But as as an elves player once told me, when you play elves, you get used to having your board wiped.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, you learn to expect it and to be able to figure out how you're going to recover from it. I mean, I played long enough when Miracles was the best deck to, you know, accept that sometimes your board's going away um, and you got to figure out what you're going to do about it. So,
1: well, you're almost like a young pyro deck, but you, like in the, in the way that you go, it's a go wide deck. So you like against yeah. miracles, but you know they're not going to be pressuring you, and they're going to have terminus. You just you know play a sentinel, play a you know dried arbor, three, three, three terminus. Okay, play a couple more things, draw a few more cards off a glimpse. You know yeah. four, four, yeah, you, four, you know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Just using, using Glimps to just keep your hand
1: full, not worrying <laughs> about going full combo. Yeah, um, I guess the, the the problem I guess would be then when they like flip an entreat or something like that. But I yeah, think, I find it, that matchup it, to be it a lot more interesting. Was... Flipping entreat was good. It was it was very scary. But now, uh, now that they can't lock you out with countertop and and trigger terminus as easily, um, I find this to be much more back and forth of a matchup.
2: Yeah, I I mean I. have Always felt like that matchup was pretty uh, pretty fifty fifty. If you if you played it right, um, you just had to not. It, you could still kind of tell when they were setting up terminus, and you know you weren't trying to necessarily uh, attack them for a million at every turn. Just like a few points of damage would be would be good enough most of the time. But top counterbalance was certainly. The frustrating thing
0: to get through with them. Now, I'm not positive if uh, if we did, and, and Nate's got a much better memory than I do for this sort of thing, but I think that we went to three games, and I can tell you that Rug Delver uh, gets crushed by, by elves uh, overall, most almost 90% <laughs> of the time. I feel like it's the worst-case scenario for me to be matched up against an elves player.
2: Uh, Delver, in general, is... Uh, positive matchup for elves. There are Delver players who I've talked to who think differently, but...
0: Uh, <laughs> they, they
2: are incorrect. <laughs> but I've I played a lot against a lot of Delver, uh, and, you know, the, the matchup just feels positive. Obviously, they have draws that can defeat you, usually involving a turn one Delver. Yeah. Because then, you know, the race is on from there. But um, this is a—it's funny because I actually feel like uh, death right shaman being banned probably hurt Grixis Delver in the matchup more than it hurt Elves to lose it, just because um, their one-two body was like really good at just kind of not make, like making me unable to attack. Yeah. on the ground and get my chip damage and race them. The Goblin Lackey um, problem. Yeah, exactly. Um, and my death rites often would just uh, outpace theirs anyway because of Quirion and Ranger and Wirewood Symbiote being able to untap it.
0: Our match so, was one of the reasons why I switched up to uh, from, from Tar McGaughy's to Hooting Mandrills because I was like, at least I can get through some chip damage that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, it's just kind of like a a big wall. Yeah. Um, you know, when when deathrite shaman was a thing and the format was slower because of it, uh, I did play you know Nissa Vital Force in the main deck. Oh,
0: Not- I remember. So, yeah, <laughs> that's a, that was that, that's a- that particular like series of plays that you did, uh, ha- like had me a true believer for Nissa Vital Force in the main deck after watching you just like slam it down untap your cradle, play like four more things, like go off. I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is insane.
2: Yeah. And then you untap your cradle with Korean Ranger. Why Symbio. Oh
0: yeah. It was ridiculous.
1: Oh, that's so gross. I don't think I ever yeah. got to do anything fun like that. <laughs> that's the um, thing about elves. Like you could, you know, it's funny. You mentioned like, well, I've talked to some Delver players who think otherwise elves is tricky to play. It's, Opening hands are tricky to evaluate, and its opening hand value or its opening hand composition is there's a bigger delta between the good and bad hands. Yeah. And you can be, play Delver and play against Elves, you know, four, four matches in a row and feel like it's a cakewalk, but your opponent probably, like, drew, like, a couple of those, like, Dryad Arbor, Dryad Arbor, Elvish Visionary, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you
2: multiply because you only lands a cradle, and you're seven, and you're six. Sometimes, yeah.
1: you, like you know,
2: those those things
1: happen. But uh, so when do you, given that, that, when do you think elves is a favorable as a favorable deck? Because it does see there are times you play it, and you're like, why do I ever play another deck? This deck is really dumb, you know. But like, what kind of meta game is conducive to elves? Um, um, you know. So
2: usually, when the best deck is a fair deck, elves is probably pretty good, um just because that's the sort of thing that elves can can prey on. It's just an unfair enough to prey on the fair decks, but uh tends to lose to the decks that are you know just a bit faster, like uh like storm or sneak and show can be.
1: Uh, the, reanimator
2: uh, the, reanimator as well yeah the the real reason i like elves as like a combo deck is because like you are a combo deck but at the same time you can also just like pivot and attack them with one. uh so like if they go too if they go too far trying to stop your your combo card your hard combo cards like natural order or, you know bunch of nature and stuff like that then you just like attack them with your army of. One ones and 2 Gs. and uh, eventually you just kill them that way
1: yeah um, yeah um what was i gonna say oh Death shadow we could we could talk more specifically about that have you played against that much since it's sort of a yeah, new I deck
2: i haven't i haven't gotten to play against it a bunch but just from uh the little bit that i have it feels like a very
1: positive matchup um I mean, it's basically just a Delver deck with the upside for you that, they, that you're killing yourself and then, like, all that chip damage matters.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, what's well, Their best play is, like, dropping a, a Street Wraith and getting through on your Bayou, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. 3-4 Unblockable. Don't know. That I can't Abrupt Decay from this board.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Do you bring an Abrupt Decay against Feardex? Uh, Yeah abrupt decay is
2: is yeah abrupt decay is your fair deck uh you're you're bringing in some number it you bring in anywhere from one to three depending on the matchup and depending on if you're like if you want to board out like against uh delver decks a lot of times you know you're boarding out the reclamation sage it doesn't really do anything against them. that's right
1: but well it's always that dance of like well if they have graph diggers cage i want to reclamation sage yeah, you know. it's
2: I'm I'm you can't tutor for the Rex Age if they have Graph Digger's Cage, so I'm willing to just oh that's the, right that's right yeah Age and just play the three Abrupt Decay in
1: against the those kinds of decks and yeah just, it makes sense. Well, that was getting more to my actual question, which was: Is it are you bringing Abrupt Decay as anti hate, or are you really just like trying to kill their delver Secrets? Um. You
2: want to kill any, like, if they have an early Delver, you definitely want to kill it. Sometimes if it comes, like, in the middle of the game, it's probably just, like, too late for it to make that much of a difference. Mm -hmm. Um, You're mostly bringing it in as just, like, it it deals with both the hate cards and the Delver, so you just want to have your, your bases covered.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like with a deck like Death Shadow too, it's very easy to determine what you you're going to need to abrupt decay because like you don't really care about the Death Shadows. Obviously, you can block them infinitely, uh, even if you have to just chump block them, you're probably fine. Um, but with uh, with the Delver, yeah, you're going to need to get rid of the Delver just so you, because it's one of the few cards uh, that your deck just can't handle. A flyer against your deck is probably the is a worst case scenario for you. Yeah
2: um another thing that like i a lot of times uh, i like to do is you know i'll, I'll bring in a couple uh thoughts in the matchup uh a lot of times you know they board it in these very hateful cards um uh, marsh casualties is one uh sometimes if you're playing against grixis they have a card like Fire Covenant, which I don't think oh. I've ever beaten that card when it's cast <laughs> against me.
0: That's such a rude
2: magic card.
1: Uh, I love Fire it's, Covenant. It's,
2: a bit, it's such a rude card. Um, you know, some whatever, whatever their hate card well, it, uh, tends to be, like Toxic Deluge, anything like that. So sometimes you just get to Thoughtseize and take that, or sometimes you just take their Force of Will and you're able to force through your your... Uh, Winning
1: play. Yeah. Um, force of Will feels so bad against Elves, but you can't board it out. Nah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it is
2: often, yeah, very, very bad because the card that you're countering is often very bad. Elves plays a lot of very bad cards on their own that when you put them together does does something really great. So.
0: Yeah, it's a funny yeah. thing about this deck that, like, if I were to explain to, you know, like, a, a 20-year-old version of myself that, hey, one of the best decks is elves, the very first thing I would think of is, oh, it's a deck that plays, like, lords somehow, but this deck obviously doesn't play any lords, you're not playing, you're not trying to pump your elves up, you're just like, here's some guys, they they uh, have a small amount of attrition and value to them, but really the the combo is, like, getting them all out at the same time, or... Throwing down uh, a uh, Gaius cradle, getting a bunch of mana off of them, and throwing down a, a Crater of behemoth and just killing the opponent that way.
2: Yeah, and that's right. sort of like one uh, one of the things um, that I is pretty unique. I don't know. I've, every every time I play it, people tell me like, "Oh, this is the only time I've ever seen uh, someone playing that card in Elves." is I've got the, the one of Dwin Insoli. Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: what, what does that card do? <laughs> on, I have Tony, to know.
1: Tony, Tony Tony Keysaw, who's a local here, plays at Dwin Insuli. It is awesome. But you can tell what it is.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Dwin Insoli is one and a green for a 2-2 Elf Warrior. And when it enters the battlefield, if I control another Elf, uh, I put a 1-1 Green Elf Warrior creature token onto the battlefield.
0: Oh, making more Elves.
2: Okay. Okay. So. So it's a 2-2, and then if you have another elf when it comes out, you also get a 1-1 token. And it's, uh, you know, not necessarily that great just face value. I mean, it's still 3 power for 2 mana, but then sometimes you combine it with Wirewood Symbiote, and you just get to have an army in a can.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) Not to mention, like, if you already have a Heritage Druid and a Nettle Sentinel out, you're, like, going. You're in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you just get to... It makes
2: two creatures for two mana, so you still get to potentially, you know, activate Heritage Druid and stuff like that. Or, like, you could you know, turn one Heritage Druid, turn two twin Elite, and then just go off from there. Yeah, so uh, the game is
1: over. How about the crop rotation you've got here?
2: Yeah, uh, crop rotation. Uh, a lot of the Elv lists that I've been seeing play 20 lands. Um, I always feel like when I play 20, I draw too many lands, and that's like one of the ways that this deck dies is when it stops drawing action. Uh-huh. Uh, so crop rotation is sort of that 20th land slot in a lot of other lists that I've seen. Um, and it also is another card that can add explosiveness to your draws because even if you've made your land drop that turn, uh, you can then crop rotation, and if you you know, sacrifice if your land drop was a cradle or whatever. You can sack your cradle, go find another cradle, or just find a find your cradle and be able to you know, get over that hump of critical mana that you need to keep going. Yeah, crop, um, so crop get-
0: rotation is one of those cards. It's well, pa- it, it is well past what we call the false cure test. But you almost never want to let that card resolve. Like any yeah, time, never- anytime, time someone casts a crop rotation, you're like, I don't, I'm not even positive what you're doing, but it's, I know it's terrible. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, like I've, I've also had a situation where like I cast crop rotation, and uh, my opponent had like a counter spell in their hand, and they just dis- uh, they decided not to counter the crop rotation, and then I was able to go get cavern of souls, name beast, and then hardcast crater huff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I
1: was gonna say you can get your cavern of souls, but it doesn't work under chalice. But yeah if you get a hard cast, your crater Hoof, yeah. There's your answer, right?
2: Yeah. Um, so and then you like the Pendle is also uh, a good crop rotation target. Uh, just helps you, you know, battle, get extra damage in. Sometimes you get to protect yourself against cards like Grim Lava Mentor
1: or Jite. Um, yeah, one of my many Elf screenshots is a guy. The other guy, the guy across the table, has like a bunch of chalices and trinospheres out and I've got a Pendlehaven and a Giant Arbor <laughs> and I'm just attacking to <laughs> a, a turn and he kept drawing more Trinispheres.
2: Nice. <laughs> yeah. When when you when you beat people through like that sort of that sort of hateful uh those sorts of hateful cards. Like, it's it just feels really good. I've had opponents go turn one, uh like city, chalice on one. Uh and I can just okay fetch land go. Then he went uh, Chromax cast Trinisphere, and I just went fetch land go. He missed his, uh, he missed a land draw, uh, so he could just pass back. And then on my uh, end of his turn, I cracked both my fetches, found both my Dryad Arpers, uh, drew, played Gaia's Cradle, and cast Green Sun Zenith for three. Uh, found my reclamation sage and was able to then kill his chromox, so he could no longer cast any spells. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, time to draw three lands, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Elves has some. Elves has some fun plays. It's, it is still like a nemesis deck sometimes when playing Death Shadow or whatever other it's, weird it's, decks. But like, I do like playing it when I get the chance. I might play it tonight Elf. now.
2: Elves is never going to be the best deck in Legacy. Like I've got no disillusions about that. Uh, it's always going to be like maybe like the fourth or fifth best deck. it's It's always a, I feel like if you commit to learning how to play the deck, it's always going to be able to do well for you. Um, one of the advantages of it is that uh, a lot of the interactions are very unique to the deck. So uh, a lot of times people aren't very familiar with, you know, how your cards are interacting. So they are not necessarily sure what to target with their discard or their
0: removal. That's Um, how the deck gets me. Uh, I, you know, I'll, I'll think about, okay, well, if I want to target the wirewood symbiote and then I need to, okay, I need to get Nettle sitting off the board. And it's like, oh man, you untapped a thing and then like cast another guy or like, It just, there's, the deck has so many, like, combat tricks that it can pull off by itself, and, and, like, removal switches, and, you know, I often feel like even killing the Wirewood Symbiote, like, is not, you know, is not where you want to be most of the time, because you're wasting your, you're wasting your removal on a non-elf, and then they're like, okay, well, Heritage Druid, and some more guys, and Glimpse of Nature, and thanks for not killing my elf, you know, like, that kind of thing happens.
1: Yeah. I once had to name Insect with Engineered Plague because oh. of the double Why Would Symbiote board. That felt terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, you know, I lost to, like, I don't know, a Scavenger News. Yeah, it, it does force with decisions. Why Would Symbiote is like Mother Runes in that way, where you kind of have to kill it, but you spend so much time figuring out that you have to kill it or doing it, and then well. everything else is so
2: interchangeable well and then you know wirewood symbiote uh last night i was uh had a wirewood symbiote and a couple other creatures out and i cast a visionary and my death shadow opponent actually force of will the visionary because it's just like i i don't know if i can win if he just yeah. keeps <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah right Casting exactly exactly twice a turn or whatever but oh yeah not only are you're going to fog everything but you're going to draw two cards a turn yeah, exactly. And they're not drawing two cards a turn, so. Yeah. Um, um. Well, was Zach. That... Go on. I'm
0: gonna I was say gonna Zach, say, you got, you got, got anything other... else? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, one of the, one of the so things back... I've noticed is that you've uh in in your sideboard you have uh. Uh, you, you've moved to three leyline of the void, which I, I'm assuming weren't wasn't the case before because you had the you know the main deck graveyard hate of deathright. Shaman is that is that something new?
2: Uh, yeah, I was starting to move to leyline uh, shortly before deathright got banned, uh, just because um, I really was exhausted of, of losing to the red black reanimator deck, yeah. and I just wanted to play a card that just. Put it on the battlefield. Doesn't care about Chancellor of the Annex, uh, and you know, just like completely shuts their deck down un- unless they draw their wear tears.
0: <throat> Another thing I've noticed is that there's I- I- in your seventy-five. There is no progenitus. Do you want to comment on on why there's no progenitus?
2: Uh, you can only draw that card so many times. <laughs> you just, uh, has all you can stands and you can't stands no more.
0: That's fair. I you definitely, know. I definitely, I feel that. I've, I, there's been plenty of times when I have that one of in my deck that I'm like, why do I keep drawing this damn thing? I play uh, mm-hmm. Gislon given a lot in, in modern, and it's like I'll always open with like Umbear Rights and Elishnord in my hand. I'm just like, why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh,
1: yeah, you gotta play Smuggler's Copter to discard your Progenitus. <laughs> well, so. Uh,
2: the card that I've had my eye on for, like, a sort of similar type creature uh, that's certainly a lot more castable is uh, Carnage Tyrant, the new dinosaur oh, yeah. from Ixalan. Yep. Yeah. Carnage Tyrant.
1: Like, Zach, have you, have you ever seen a Carnage Tyrant?
0: <laughs> uh, I have definitely played against a Carnage Tyrant in Standard and in Modern, but never had one cast against me in, in Legacy. Um, I mean, Was that a 7-6 so... trample, hexproof? hex-proof? uncounterable yeah Yeah. next and i feel like Um, that's that's on the same level as like progenitus because what what you're saying with progenitus is like i will eventually win and what you're saying with carnityra (laughs) is i will eventually win but it's going to take one more turn and also i can cast this card
2: yeah like it's very reasonable for you to just be able to cast that card if uh if you draw it Green Sun Xena thing for it is also very reasonable. Um, And like, you don't mind natural ordering for it if you, like, say, drew your crater hoof. Because a lot of times uh, in post sideboarded games, especially against the decks where you would board in Carnage Tyrant. Uh, you board down on natural orders because their decks generally get better against that sort of a strategy.
0: Yeah, depending on the deck, I think that's a completely reasonable option. I do the same thing in in uh, in vintage occasionally. I will uh, tinker for an inkwell Leviathan, and it's like, yeah, I don't think I'm winning this turn or the turn after, but the turn after that, it's over. Hopefully, my opponent, you know, like I know better than to do that when my opponent is going to win the next turn. But uh, yeah, I think that if you do that in the right circumstance, Carnage Tyrant's a completely reasonable card. What,
1: what yep. matchups do you like cards Tyrant for?
0: Uh,
2: so uh, I like it as a card that you could have uh, against Grix's control. Um, I like it. You could uh, basically any of like the blue black decks. I could see you playing it against Stone Blade just because like True Name doesn't really block it that well. Like they could block with two True Names and they still just take five. And then whatever other creatures you're attacking with,
1: they've got um, two true names out. You're either dead or you're way ahead.
0: Yeah, they haven't interacted
1: with you. And they've been casting true name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or they have two true names out. And their game's over in two turns anyway. Um, yeah. It's interesting you would say the blue-black decks. I wonder that that gets to the question of how many baleful streaks remain post-board. Um, well, because even yeah. though they, they take six, but they well, still think- they get off the board.
2: We'll, we'll hope. Uh, we'll hope not too many people listen to listen to Jonathan Zukanek about playing Baleful tricks in their Delver deck. <laughs> I played it in the sideboard of my of Death Shadow the other day. It was really good. Cards down. Um, really. I mean, it also depends on on which which blue black deck. Because if it's like Shardless, a lot of times I'll just leave my Rex Agent against them because it kills uh, multiple different creatures in their deck. Right.
1: Um, um, Th- the other one you have is Rurik Star, um, yeah. which I which I like. I also like Dragonlord Atarka. Can give that a shot, but I feel like Dragonlord Atarka is overkill against most of the decks where um, you would play it. Like you don't need it against Delver. It's just sweet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's
2: a, it's certainly a a sweet sweet card. Uh, Rurik Star is a card I've like in the past. I've ordered it in against Delver, but At the end of the day i feel like yeah you don't really you actually don't need to do that sort of thing against them but uh is really for like the the heavy spell matchups sneak and show uh storm um i've i'll board it in against lands too because if they don't have a glacial chasm they have to you know find one soon or they can't really go through with any of their engines, whether it's punishing fire or life and the loam.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
2: Um, but uh yeah against the against the matchups where uh you want to be boarding out, you know, some number of glimpses and you know where natural order becomes like this is the fastest, most powerful thing I can do. So that's that's the angle we're taking. Um so, no. Rurik just uh, really is a proactive thing that you can do against Storm, which I prefer to say like a mind break trap, just because if they just like duress you and take your mind break trap, then, you, then you're then you just dead.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Um, I mean, it's one of those interesting situations for Storm on the other side as well, because you, you're, you're really fading when you're playing Storm. The turn one mana dork, turn two you know, something, I don't know, maybe Cabal Therapy, another guy, and then turn yeah. three Rurikthar. So how many duresses do you keep in against a deck with, you know, thirty creatures? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but that's but that's that's the dance with Storm too. They could also just be like, well, I'll just boil this out and I'll do this faster stuff and then I'll win before they can get to turn three. So um
2: Yeah. And that's like another big uh big thing where like lay Line of the Void is like really good. A lot of times I find, like, I've played surgical, and when you can supplement it with the Death Right Shaman, I feel like it's a lot better. Um, because you're just a uh, part of uh, form is like keeping them from threshold, so Cobalt Ritual is not really good. Yeah. Yep. Um, but a lot of times with surgical, I felt like you could surgical something and they would still just be able to win the game. Um Whereas, like, I, with Leyline, you know, they don't have access to anything in that graveyard that shuts off a whole avenue of combo that they, that they play in their deck. Uh, and then I just have to worry about, you know, the cards in their hand.
0: What do you think the card is, the, the, the card out there that you least want to see played against you... Uh, When when you're playing this deck, like, out of the the sideboard. Like, if you see that card, you're like, oh, no, no good.
2: Uh, Fire Covenant is one. Um, It's probably just, like, the unbeatable card, just because it's an instant speed, so, like, they can just, like, wait for me to create a hoof and then kill all of my stuff and my hoof in response. Well, Uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah. that sounds (laughs) terrible.
1: That's a lot of life, though.
2: That is a lot of life, but it also probably means I'm out of gas. So yeah, that's the that's you know. Um what what else? Sideboard cards. Uh yeah, that's like really the the most scary one. I've seen people have Curse of Deaths hold. Oh, wow. Um, which is probably worse than Engineered Plague for me, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, I mean, if you worse. can
0: cast it, if you can <laughs> cast it, it's definitely worse. Yeah.
2: That one, Nick, Nick Fit, uh, me. I mean, Nick
1: Fit also has Pernicious speed, which is, pernicious speed you know, is Yeah. Not a, not a I guess Engineered
0: Explosives is, is not terrible against you, but it's not great, because it doesn't hit everything, but it hits a lot of things. Yeah, well, it's more,
1: yeah, and it's it's like, you can wipe their board, but they if they have a bunch of cards in their hand, they just have a board again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean that's uh if you if you suspect they have engineered explosives or like you saw it in the previous game, um some something that you can always do as well to help like mitigate what they can do with it is uh casting virtual rangers as a morph. Uh, that's always uh a,
1: a Yeah, that's, that that's happened to me. Have. Wow. <laughs> got a sideboard. That's why I gotta have your break opens along with your uh, engineer plague. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, guys, I got I have uh, some stuff I gotta get to. I don't know if you guys want to keep going,
0: but no. Yeah. No, this was this was great, man. Thanks, <laughs> Tom. Hour, thanks so much, so, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for uh, for for being on the cast with us this week, man. It's been it's been enlightening.
1: I
2: appreciate it. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, man. Um, yeah, and thanks, I think that's that's pretty much it for the for the for the week. but we also have uh, what one new patreon. Uh, we have what right? two new
1: patrons, two, two, new. two new patrons. I do want to
0: mention them? Uh, Matt Hackberg, who's
1: been on the show. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, for getting awesome. around to that. And uh, Robert Jorgensen, who is uh, a contemporary of Matts in Arizona and is a follower of the Paragon City game stream and a, a friend uh, that I've made over the past few months. Um, awesome, along with Matt. So thanks Thank for those you so guys much, fellas. Yeah, awesome.
0: Board. Cool. Um, Yeah, and Tom uh, will get you a shirt. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, we We gotta get Tom a shirt. All right.
2: uh, Just one one last thing because he'd probably be mad at me if I didn't, but uh, I I do want to give a shout out. uh, Special thanks to my friend Dan Anthony, who's like one of the guys who I test elves with. He's another elves player uh, in my area, so awesome. We will play on together on Modo just to, like, try stuff out and figure stuff out, so. Right.
0: Awesome. I look forward to uh, getting crushed by you the next time we get a, another feature match, uh, but I won't be playing Rug that time.
1: <laughs> okay. I'll, try I'll crush whatever. My... <laughs> you got to <laughs> get your shirt and wear it and then beat Zach. That would oh, be. Oh, God,
0: yeah. Just be the, pretty good. The full rub-ins.
2: Well, it's anyhow, cool. uh, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll beat you, and then I'll take it off off my shirt to reveal that I've got that one underneath. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Awesome. All right. Well, uh, yeah, that looks like it's it for this week, everyone. Uh, thanks so much for listening, and uh, have a good one. Thanks for, uh, thanks good, for coming on. All right. Thank you. Have a good one. Stop, stop, I need more stuff. Can you see I need more stuff? go Keep it up with the Joneses. Stop, stop, I stuff. Can you see I need more stuff? It's our Keeping up the Joneses, up with the Joneses, all right. Where does he get those wonderful toys? Eternal Dirtles is supported by Audible.com. If you'd like a free audiobook and start up a trial with Audible, you can go to audibletrial.com slash eternaldirtles, and they'll hook you up with a free book and you'll be supporting the show. Thanks so much.